0: Of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cabbie Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Courtney Ackerman. I pronounced that right?
1: Yes, you did. Okay.
0: The lovely Courtney Ackerman. And uh, she wrote this incredible argu- article, not argument, article <laughs> about happiness. Um, what is it and why is it so important? So first of all, how are you today, Courtney?
1: I am great.
0: That is wonderful. We, we talked a little bit before about how, you know, every time you ask someone if they're, how they're doing, it's like in brackets, in spite of everything that's going on in the world. <laughs> so, uh, so do you want to tell me a little bit first about like what got you started in the, the whole happiness interest? I guess probably the same as most people.
1: Sure. Um, So I went to uh, college for psychology and um, like a lot of people, I kind of got drawn in by uh, how interesting it is to learn about the human brain, to learn about human behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, you know, I, I realized that a lot of psychology is pretty focused on negative stuff. A lot of it is focused on, you know, anxiety and depression and trauma and um while all of that is obviously incredibly important uh, to look into, uh, it can get a little bit uh, sad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being psychology and learning so much about all of, the, all of the negative. And I was kind of thinking, you know, where's where's the positive, where's all the good stuff? Um, and I did a little bit of researching and, and I found uh, sort of a new subfield of psychology, uh like and that is positive psychology. Hmm. Uh, and so positive psychology is all about looking at, you know, the good things in life. It's all about looking at, you know, the outliers and the data that would normally just be deleted so that our model makes more sense uh, and actually studying them. So, um, so that's how I kind of fell into it. I, I then found a um, a graduate program in positive psychology and, and ended up going there and, and getting my master's degree in positive psychology. Wow. Um, and then since then, that was back in, oh gosh, that was back in 2015. Wow. How <laughs> <laughs> years go by? They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, I've been working in research and then honestly, just uh, my side projects. I've been writing about positive psychology uh, writing about things like compassion and and gratitude and meditations, um, and then now I have a few books out uh, on topics like that as well. Ooh,
0: okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some time after to talk a little bit more about those books because I'm really excited. Great. Um, and Lord knows it's spending season, so. <laughs> uh, so you uh, so you wrote that article. I'm wondering, are you involved on the like higher level of that site?
1: Uh, So I'm a regular contributor. Um, I've actually been working with the people at Positive Psychology since 2016.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's a great website. I really like it because like once I found your article, I started kind of cruising through and I was like, wow. Yeah, I've been
1: looking for. It's fantastic. It has a lot of really great resources. Uh, It's kind of designed for people who practice positive psychology. So, um, you know, psychologists and therapists and coaches, but really it's, it's helpful for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a lot on there that's really been helpful for me. Um, and I think last I checked, I had like 120 articles on there. So wow. There's a lot of me to find <laughs> on that website.
0: Well, this one particular article that I found, um, it was called, uh, What is Happiness and Why is It So Important? Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about a lot of really great things and, and things that I think a lot of people wonder about. Um, you know, you went through the dictionary definitions and then, sort of spread out into what happiness means for different people do you do you think and i know this is a a big ask because it's a pretty long article do you think you could kind of give people an idea of what happiness means you know from a positive psychology perspective
1: Mm, yeah um, i can try (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fair. there's certainly a lot of different definitions uh, and if you look into the research um, that's a common problem is that uh, people use a lot of different definitions Mm -hmm. So. You know, one study that, that measures happiness is, you know, association with, I don't know, relationships, you know, um, might have a different result than another one that's studying the exact same topic because they define happiness in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, uh, happiness is something that we all kind of have, have a, a finger on the pulse of, right? We all sort of understand what we mean when we say happy um it's it's not necessarily a, a character trait or sort of a long term thing that's more of a, like life satisfaction or well-being it's more of a sort of like in the moment you know right now feeling really upbeat feeling positive feeling optimistic um feeling like we're doing we're doing pretty good um and clearly that's kind of hard to define mm-hmm. <laughs> to put into terms that are easy to, uh, research. Um, so that's why, you know, we even have a need for, for a a big article like this of, you know, however many thousand words about what actually is happiness. Um,
0: you touched a little bit on like contentment and how contentment sort of falls in between happiness and meaning. Mm
1: -hmm. Like it's sort of
0: a, a both thing.
1: Right. There's a lot of constructs that are associated with happiness. Um, and it's just sort of finding, how it fits within them because you know it's related to meaning and it's related to well-being and it's related to joy and it's related to contentment and but they're all just a little bit different <laughs> mm-hmm. in tiny little ways. And a lot of it is based on like um, like the time, you know, structure, whether it's it's short term or long term. And some of it is based on, you know, the sort of energy of it, whether it's like a high energy thing like joy or whether it's lower, like you know, contentment is. Uh, okay. It sort of falls in the middle of all of these things. I feel like that
0: makes sense. Like it's it's uh, it's more subtle,
1: right? It's more subtle, and it's sort of it's just something that you know it when you see it, and you know it when you feel it.
0: Hmm. Um, and and the other thing that I noticed about the article is that you spent a lot of time dissecting the differences and intersection between happiness and meaning specifically mm-hmm. so i guess before before we talk about that specifically i i wonder do you think that that's a lot of like a lot of people conflate the two
1: um i feel like it's it's often not as correlated as it should be oh. uh, generally I, I think maybe in in positive psychology um spaces you know we, we sort of are, are more familiar with the, the um, relationship between the two. But I think just sort of general mainstream, you know, pop culture, I, I think that there's a pretty big disconnect between happiness and meaning.
0: That's um, interesting. Because um, like in the sort of, I don't know what the word would be, but the, I want to say woo-woo world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find that there, there is a lot, of, uh, a lot of conflation between the two. Like, you know, it's often called dharma you know, looking for your purpose and stuff like that, and and everyone I've talked to from that world has said, in a roundabout way, that you know you've got to find your place if, if you're if you're seeking if you're seeking happiness. Right. So I find that interesting that the psychological world and the I don't know what you call it the the other world spirituals <laughs> people think world um, both both see that relationship, but the average person probably doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. And I think it means that, you know, we haven't done a good enough job yet of really getting that information out there. Um, but I will say that I don't think psychology has really known that forever. Well, I think the, uh, your term was woo-woo? <laughs> well, I think that they have sort of understood that for a really long time. And it's just now that that science is catching up and going, oh, wait, yeah, I think you're right about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen that a lot in psychology, sort of catching up to ideas that have been around for a long time, like mindfulness mm-hmm. um, and meditation and stuff like that. You know, that's been going on in, in those circles. And the more metaphysical, I guess, is probably a, a less offensive term for it. Um <laughs> the metaphysical circles. And, and, and I slowly see psychology going, oh, hey, that's true, but we'll science it up, right? Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy that, uh, that, that part of the journey. So um, for the people who haven't read the article, can you talk a little bit about how meaning and happiness are connected and, and how, how they are not the same?
1: Sure. Um, so, happiness and meaning are, are definitely not the same thing, right? Happiness is like sort of a, a state. It, it's a it's a little bit more fleeting. It's sort of like things, uh, something that we can feel, you know, from from one moment to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and meaning is something that is more of more comprehensive. Um, it's it's the the sense that you're contributing to something, you know, that you're part of something greater than yourself, that you have uh, a place, as you said earlier, that there's a, a sense of purpose in your life. Um, and it can absolutely and does really contribute uh, to your sense of happiness. But the two are definitely not necessarily the same. Um, I think if you talk to, for example, Buddhist monks or you know Catholic nuns, um, they'll probably say that they have a very high sense of, of meaning. You know, Mm -hmm. they understand their place in the world and uh, they're content with it, but they probably don't feel uh, necessarily really joyful throughout the day every day. Uh, It's more of a kind of quiet um, sense of of happiness there rather than like how we understand it. Um, And then on the flip side, you can have people that are just super happy, just super positive, you know, just sort of bopping along through life. (laughs) You know, we call them Pollyannas (laughs) in um, in positive psychology and you know you might ask them about meaning and they're like huh I don't know I'm just sort of doing what I do (laughs) so they're definitely not um complete overlaps but there's there's a venn diagram there right there's a there's a part where it overlaps and uh having a sense of meaning definitely can help make you happier Mm -hmm.
0: and happiness can help you find your meaning
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It can work in the other direction. It seems like though that people are usually searching for happiness uh, and they will use meaning sort of to get to happiness. Not so much the other direction, but absolutely it can move that direction.
0: Yeah, that's, well, it's interesting because I would say that like until fairly recently, I felt very much like, you said Pollyanna? Uh,
1: Pollyanna. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure if that stands for something, but uh, but I was-
1: you have to look that up. I think it's a reference to a character, but I can't remember exactly who at the moment.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause that was, that was very much me for, for a really long time. Um, just quickly side note. Yeah. I got, uh, I got sick and had to stop working and stuff like that, but I've always been really, really happy. And it was that happiness and that curiosity of how it works and how it relates and how I can help other people do it. That brought me to a place where I have meaning, but I I agree that it probably usually goes in the other direction (laughs) where you start with meaning.
1: (laughs) I think that's an excellent avenue as well. You know, a lot of us uh, tend to find our meaning when we're sort of at our lowest. Um, That's when we it starts becoming clear to us, I think.
0: Um, and then before we got on, we, and we were talking just a little bit about the subject in general, um, you talked about something that a lot of people have mentioned to me. So especially doing a podcast about happiness, a lot of people have expressed concern to me, um, because you mentioned, um, well, they haven't, they didn't express concern because you specifically mentioned it, but as you mentioned, (laughs) um, you know, happiness is incredibly elusive. It's very much like smoke for a lot of people is you try to grab it and as you grab it, it slips away. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wanna talk a little bit about that phenomenon and, and you know what, what the difference is between seeking it and seeking to understand it in, in a practical sure. sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, over the last couple of decades, there's sort of been this, um, this push towards positivity which, uh, in a lot of cases is really great. You know, I think that we can all use a little bit more positivity in our lives usually. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, just focusing on, on the positive and just trying to sort of reach out and, and grab a hold, uh, of positivity and, and happiness, uh, is sort of a surefire way to, to make sure that that won't you know happen, that you won't actually grab onto it. Uh, it's, it sort of reminds me of the, you know, the quote about a, a bird, I think it is, right? That if you, if you love it, set it free yeah. uh, and then maybe it'll come back to you and maybe it won't. And you just sort of have to deal with that, but if it's there, <laughs> it will, it will come back to you. Um, and I think that happiness works a little bit the same, like the more that we sort of go, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to figure out how to be happy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to be happy. Damn it. You know, <laughs> like, the more that we do that, the the harder it is to actually be happy. Um, it's sort of like um, like meditating for the first time. A lot of people are, are sort of like, don't think anything, don't think anything, don't think anything, <laughs> right? Have no thoughts, have no thoughts, have no
0: thoughts. absolutely me the first time I meditated.
1: I think that's everyone. Meditate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it takes a while to realize that that's, that's not really the point uh, in the first place. and thoughts are going to come and go. Um, but the more relaxed we are about it and, and the more we just sort of um, accept rather than try to change, uh, the easier it goes. And so when we, when we relax and we let go and we allow our thoughts to just come and go, that's when we actually start to meditate. And when we relax and we let go of the, the need to be happy, you know, we, we often find that we have what we need to be happy already.
0: It's mm-hmm. just a matter of
1: perspective.
0: Well, and, and I think that I think that that kind of hits on on what it is is, you know the the more we obsess about happiness, the bigger our expectations come of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the more work we put into it, the bigger that happiness needs to be for us to be able to enjoy it. Right. Um, <clears throat> whereas, like you said, like I mean, I uh, I'm reminded of do you know that metaphor about butterflies? It's similar to the bird one, where like if a butterfly lands in your hand and you try to grasp it, like you'll crush it. Right. But if you just like that
1: makes sense. (laughs) But
0: yeah, like and if you just let it sit on your hand, you know, you you can both mutually enjoy it. But trying to hold on to it, trying to make it stay and like with happiness, that's like, you know, a trap I used to fall into so, so often Mm -hmm. was the belief that having negative emotions, quote unquote, you know, dealing with my trauma or, or any of the, you know, there's a billion negative experience, like emotional experiences, right? that having those meant I couldn't be happy, that, that replaced my, my happiness, because like, like, I, it's almost like you think of yourself as an, an like as an emotional state as a part of your identity. hmm you know, or at least for me, that's how I was feeling. Absolutely. So it's like, oh, I cry all the, and I, I do, I cry, I cry so fucking much. Um, <laughs> um, but I used to think that the fact that I was someone who cried a lot and felt negative emotions meant that I couldn't be a happy person. No way. But I think, I think that that's, that's BS. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's funny. I mean, our brains are such tricky, tricky mofos. Um, you know, like I, I find that in, in my mind, at least like I, I, Unless I'm mindful of it and watch for it, I'm trying to hold. Like I'm trying to identify with everything. Like it's it's trying so hard to make things black and white when really we live in this beautiful rainbow of of a world emotionally and physically.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um. So the other thing, the other thing that I found super super interesting about that article, and I'm sure I'm sure that you know people listening to this are probably going to look it up because um, I keep talking about it, um, <laughs> is that you went out of your way to list different people who identified as presented as as happy people experienced happiness in their life often and the list of people some of them were like okay a married guy with kids okay that sounds fair and some of them were like someone who's dying of cancer but helping the other patients deal with their chemo Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know and that like happiness doesn't have to look a certain way which i think is another narrative that we tend to grab onto.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we, we want to have this, this idea of happiness in our minds so, so it's easy for us to recognize when we're in it, you know. Mm-hmm. But even that picture that we have is not always the picture of happiness. Um, you know, that I'm, I'm reminded of the, the sort of memes and things that are going around right now that's great, that's, you know, all about um, you never know what someone else is going through, so just be kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we can look at other people and think, wow, what a life they have. Like, they have it all. They have a spouse. They have these great kids. They have this awesome job. Like, they must be just ecstatic all the time. And if you talk to that person, most of the time, they're not ecstatic all the time. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. most of the time, they're just like you. They have their ups and downs, and they hopefully appreciate the good things. But they have bad things, too. Um, And then on the flip side, there are people with, with really big struggles in life who still manage to find happiness. Um, it, it reminds me of Viktor Frankl. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard Oh,
0: from, from uh, Nazi Germany?
1: Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Viktor Frankl. Uh, he wrote Man's Search for Meaning, which is an excellent book, by the I've way. I've heard that. Yes, uh, and it's about his experience in a concentration camp. Um, he went in as a, a psychiatrist, a, you know, very well-educated, um married and and happy and doing well and of course was subjected to the horrors of of the holocaust Um, and he noticed that out of all of the people around him in this this terrible place, some of them still manage to be relatively happy, which is just sort of mind blowing. And mm-hmm. um, and so he started to write about you know what what that comes from and and his as the title would suggest, uh, it's it was all about meaning. It's all about people who find meaning. And um, so bringing it back to to what. The, the connection between the two is it's definitely a strong connection and psychology is just sort of starting to catch up with that. Um, but yeah, just to, to go back to the list of people, you don't necessarily need to have that picture perfect life to be happy. People mm-hmm. can find happiness in a lot of different situations.
0: Well, and one of the things you, you briefly touched on a few moments ago was the word perception. The word perception comes out of my mouth Almost constantly, because because I think that that has a lot to do with it. You know, um, appreciation, gratitude comes from perception. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, I would I would argue that every experience we have comes per- from perception. And the Viktor Frankl thing is is a really good really good example of that. Is you can be in the worst conditions possible, but if you have a perception that allows you to see the light in those conditions, you know. Um, that, that can take you a really long way. Absolutely. Um, As someone who, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to try and, you know, um, take advantage of your, your education here. (laughs) As someone who, uh, who spent a lot of time with positive psychology and and looking at perception and happiness and things like this, do you know any tools that people can use to shift their perception when, when they want to, like when they know that that's something that they want to do? and I'll explain, I'll explain why really quickly is because like for me, sometimes like normally my perception is one of light and love and I'm happy, um, in a, in a general way, but sometimes, you know, I'm trauma and all that fun stuff, it'll shift. And and I don't quite know how to get it back, Mm. how to, how to shift back. And, and I'm wondering if there are tools available that, that help with that
1: yeah yeah there are definitely tools um there's a lot of tools out there some of them i've written about some of them um you can find some in my books but uh the best one that i have ever found is gratitude um it's practicing gratitude and it can start as easy as listing three good things that's sort of the um you know foundational exercise of of Mm -hmm. gratitude is the three good things exercise. And it's literally just looking around you or just thinking and finding three things that you can write down that you're grateful for. Um, And it can be as small as, you know, my coffee from Starbucks today was really good. Um, Or it can be, you know, my spouse who supports me and is always there for me. It can be anything in between. Um, But just practicing gratitude on a daily basis, no matter how small or short that practice is, is in my experience, the best way to shift your perspective um, and to start focusing a little bit more on the positives and the negatives. That
0: uh, That is super helpful. Um, my, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to word my question. So, <laughs> so I've, I've come, in, uh, come across people, had conversations with people who really struggle with the idea of gratitude um, because they feel like okay, I don't know how to explain this well, um, because it was explained to me. Um, But they feel like it's almost been co-opted. And then they start to feel guilty if they're not showing gratitude. I think it's a lot of people who, you know, were called ingrates as kids or things like that, who's, you know, whose parents told them like, well, you should be grateful. Um, And and so anyways, I don't know where I was going with this. I guess, have you come across that (laughs) resistance yourself?
1: Um you know I've I've definitely come across that with um with positivity uh, there are articles written about the uh, the cult you know of positivity and the cult
0: mm-hmm. the term toxic positivity
1: right and the uh, the good vibes only sort of um viewpoint uh and there's a, a serious concern um around and among positive psychology that like okay well you know it's good to have sort of a balance but let's not take it too far um because there are concerns that you know this sort of science of happiness um is is unfair to the individual, right? That we're um, we're trying to just sort of push people into into this positive mindset and saying like, well, just overcome anything that's happened to you. You know, too bad, so sad, be happy. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Like they almost feel a pressure to conform to the idea of happiness, because otherwise they're a bummer.
1: Right, and then mm-hmm. you know they're an eeyore, and people don't <laughs> don't want to spend time with them. And um, and, you know, I think that we're just, we're trying to find a balance. It's really good that we're focusing more on the positive, but, um, anything that's all positive or all negative is, uh, is not going to be good. Um, and my, my work, I really like to make sure that I, I try to focus on a balance of finding, um, finding the positive in the negative, but not, um, not denying the negative, not putting yeah. it away, you know, um, I think Specific to your question, you know, if, if someone has trouble with gratitude, um, you know, you really shouldn't be pushing yourself to feel grateful for things you aren't grateful for, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a really difficult relationship with your parents, you don't have to force yourself to feel grateful for your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, In that case, you can be grateful for your relationship with your siblings or with your friends or with a mentor or anything else. I mean, you can say, no, man, my relationship with my parents sucked and I'm not grateful for it. It, I would not wish that on anyone. Uh, And that's, that's okay. Um, forcing yourself to be grateful for something that you're really not grateful for is not going to help. You know, it's it's okay to say um, that not everything is great all the time, but that means that you appreciate the good things even more because uh, you don't have them all the time. You know, it's it's like someone who uh, has been homeless before is probably going to appreciate and, and feel grateful for the home that they live in more than mm-hmm. someone who never had to struggle with homelessness.
0: That's a, that's a really good point. And it, and it, it's one of the things that's worked really well for me is I end up, and I, I don't, I don't expect everyone to do this. It's kind of like this weird trap that you're talking about, like the, <clears throat> the dynamics between positivity and negativity mm-hmm. is that like now I sort of, because, because of that dynamic, because of like the loss has made the the win feel greater dynamic. Right. Um, I've found that I end up being grateful for the loss too, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I end up being grateful for the pain that drove me to, to, to do better
1: right.
0: or whatever. But I think that that takes a long time and shouldn't be an expected result. You know, I think if you can get to a place of neutrality
1: mm-hmm. with some of
0: the bad things, this is just my take. And of course you're much more educated than me. So <laughs> if you disagree, feel free to
1: you sound like, you know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> um, but I found like that, that first came the appreciation of what I did have, the appreciation of the life that I live. And, and almost like to me, it's like appreciation or, or gratitude seem like almost too small of a word. Like awe is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. It's just the awe of the blessings that I have. And, and you know, I mean, I also have things that suck. Like I'm chronically ill and a lot of pain and stuff like that. But, um, but just the awe of seeing those things. And then eventually over time... As I, as I reflected on these good things, on um, these positive things in my life, I started to see the connection to the negative things and how the negative things led there. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I wish those negative things to happen again or to anyone else, but just like, it's, it's a strange thing. Gratitude sort of snowballs.
1: Right. It does. Yeah. And, and you know, what you're talking about is, um, is a recognized thing. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of post-traumatic growth. Um, so we we hear a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder which is obviously a, an awful thing that can develop after trauma um, that unfortunately many people suffer with um, but people who struggle with PTSD and receive treatment um, and even people who never really struggled with PTSD in the first place can also um, experience something called post-traumatic growth and it's about, uh, exactly what you talked about. It's, it's a sense of, of awe of not just gratitude, but of just sort of blindingly bright <laughs> gratitude <laughs> um, for all of the things that you never appreciated before. And we see that a lot in people who uh, experience trauma and then find ways to not only survive, but to thrive after. Um, awesome. Yeah,
0: I haven't heard of that before, but I have like major goosebumps. That's so good. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you should definitely look it up, uh, post-traumatic growth. Uh, it's it's a really fantastic area of research. Um, and, you know, it's it's not necessarily being grateful that that terrible things have happened to you, but it's just doing the best you can with what you were given. Um, and some people managed to do pretty incredible things, like going back to Viktor Frankl, um, who survived in the concentration camps and then wrote his book and then went on to help you know, God knows how many thousands or tens of thousands of people um, through his work as a psychiatrist. Um, and however many hundreds or thousands or even millions have read his book. It's a really good, really popular book.
0: Um, yeah, I've, I've heard of his book, but I've never gotten, I, I, okay, I shouldn't say I've never gotten a chance to read it. I'm the worst with reading. <laughs> I start, I start reading a book and then I get really excited about it mm-hmm. and I read like half of it and then I'm like oh squirrel you know yep. um,
1: <laughs> and then I
0: have like a library of half-read books right. and then every 10 years or so I get rid of some
1: yeah, it happens <laughs> it happens to the best of us
0: but that's why audible is great
1: yes I like audible
0: but I've heard nothing but good things. And I've done some like online reading about Victor Viktor Frankl, just not actually read the book. Uh,
1: <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, and another thing, uh, there's another article that I wrote on the positive psychology website that um, didn't get quite as much uh, traction as I, I hoped it would, but it was about um, Jabrowski and the theory of positive disintegration. Ooh. Uh, yeah, right. Even the name is just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's one of my favorite sort of pet theories that hasn't really made its way around much, but it's about how we maybe need trauma to sort of actualize to our highest self.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: yeah, it's a really, really great read, uh, if I do say so myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely going to read that article, and um, I will link it as well. Um, if you, Yeah, okay. I'm going to...
1: I'll find uh, it. And I'll send it to you. <laughs> I would
0: love that. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm going to forget and I'm going to mention <laughs> that I linked <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: to you. No worries. Um,
0: yeah. Cause that, that's one of the senses that I have, but then I always get really cautious about like the last thing I want to do is people who aren't there yet. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt or or the term victim blame comes to mind. Um, you know, like I don't want to tell people that they're unhappy because they don't appreciate things like trauma. And, and I know right. obviously <laughs> that it's much, much more complicated than that. And I just try to be mindful of pe- like, I get, it's so hard to, to say this clearly without it coming out wrong, but it's like, we have to be mar- mindful that we're all at different steps in our journey uh-huh. and certain, certain concepts. Well, definitely like at the very least to me, that holds weight. Um, when introduced at the wrong time, I think might, Cause people like if they if they're just not ready for it, does that make sense? Right. <clears throat> so Absolutely. it's one of those one of those things that's so it's hard to find people to talk about it with because they have to be in a space where they're uh, open to the idea of it, yes. right? Because otherwise, it just it can just do more harm.
1: Right. We know that there are certainly phases where you're not open to it, and that's okay. <laughs> exactly,
0: and that's okay, and and I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people trip up on um, is I feel like emotionality has been, um, societally, I almost, uh, criminalized is a, is a very strong word, but, um, like it's, it's,
1: it's been punished,
0: punishable. Yeah. Like being emotional, even excessively happy, (laughs) um, is, is very punishable by our society in a lot, in a lot of areas. Um, you know, and so, I think just hearing that it's okay to not be okay all the time. It's okay to be at a at a part of your journey where you you're not even thinking about these kinds of things. I just think it's an important disclaimer to throw in, um, yeah. throw in there. Like it's okay to be angry while you're dealing with your trauma.
1: Absolutely, I agree. Um,
0: and then and then come into this a little bit later when when you've processed some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine reminds me all the time: <laughs> it's okay to not be okay.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Me too, actually. I have a friend that that says that to me often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I've I've also been through some trauma and I've also, uh, I feel like come through the other side, but it still pops up. It never really goes away. Um, It's always sort of, uh, it's always sort of there. And so every now and then, you know, it'll pop up and I'll have a day or I'll have a couple days where I'm just feeling down and it's really getting to me. It's, I'm not being my, you know, positive happy self. Um, and, uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll kind of make it worse by going, why are you struggling so much and what's wrong? And, you know, mm-hmm.
0: oh, I relate I'm so much to that
1: and, and whatever. And, and all of that's true. But in the moment, all I need to do is wallow a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, and I think of it a little bit like, um, you know, that analogy for grief where you have, a box and it's got this button in it and when it when the grief or the trauma first starts happening the, the there's a ball inside it that's really really big mm-hmm. and so like it's constantly hitting the button and then as time goes on the ball gets smaller and so it's hitting the the sides of the box a lot more and not hitting the button mm-hmm. but it still eventually will hit the button sometimes yeah and like i think of that an- analogy a lot and i think of like okay in the meantime what i want to do is i want to like you know put velvet on those walls Um, you know, like I can't get rid of the button, but I can sure make the walls nicer in the Mm -hmm. meantime, then it'll hit the button again and it'll suck. But at least when it comes back, (laughs) it's hitting nice, you know, like cushy, cushy psychological
1: tools.
0: (laughs) That's a good
1: way to think of it. Yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, so is there anything else you want to add before we play a game?
1: Uh, well, there's probably a million things I can add. I don't think I can narrow it down to just one. So I guess we'll have to move to the game.
0: All right. Well you can say a few. I'm I'm open to that. I'm I, I love this topic. This is so much fun.
1: Yeah. I, I really love this topic too. Um I really love talking about happiness and, and what it's related to and things like gratitude and, and meditation is a big one. Mindfulness. Um, and of course I love it whenever I get to bring up the theory of positive disintegration, that's like my little, um, pet project sort of
0: thing. That's <laughs> fantastic. And I can't wait. I can't wait until after the game and I can hear about all the places that we can, we can read about you because it seems like your interests are exactly aligned with mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I, I guess the the last thing that I would say is um, to me the idea of personal responsibility is really important, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that most people um, might hear personal responsibility and think of sort of like a more conservative mindset, sort of like, well, you're responsible for yourself, you bootstraps know, bootstraps
0: like, kind of thing, yeah, yeah
1: bootstraps. Um, and while i don't really like the bootstraps um i think that it's actually an idea that's more freeing than anything else Mm -hmm, Um, i think that that when we realize that we are ultimately responsible for our, our own happiness um and no one else can really do it for us that's when we finally sort of break through and, and start to find the things that make us happy. Um, you know, when you realize no one's really going to come and save you, no one's going to swoop in and go, here's how to be happy. Like, here, let me make you happy. Um, when we realize that it's really on us and that if we want to be happy, we have to make that happiness for ourselves. Like, I think that's when the real growth happens.
0: I fully agree with that. And and it's, like you mentioned, a really hard topic because it's triggering for people because they think bootstrap stories and, right. and victim blaming and all of that stuff. But that's not the point at all. It's like, uh. we don't have control over anything external, but we have full control over the internal factors. Yes. And we may have had some external stuff beat those internal factors up for a while. Yeah. So it's going to be a hard road. But we ultimately do have control. You know, we have control. If if we're having an episode, we have control over if we protect ourselves from ourselves in that moment. Right. You know, that kind of thing. We
1: choose to take care of ourselves.
0: Exactly, and 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 I mean it. It's a journey. It's a process, and mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I'm hoping by the time I'm 80, I'm you know maybe maybe I only cry once a week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. You know, if that's your goal, that's your goal. But I say just let the tears flow. I know some very happy people that cry all the time. Oh,
0: yeah. I cry so much. It's so, but I'm not sad. Like, I mean, I normally when I cry, I cry for an hour and then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it's good. It's good. I was just kind of poking fun at myself more than anything. <laughs> um, all right. Well, are you ready to guess some Australian slang
1: words? Oof, I'm so ready.
0: Okay. Well, we'll start easy and okay. go with Barbie.
1: Oh, barbecue. Yes. All right. All right.
0: What is bather? Oh, bathers. Bathers.
1: Bathers. I I I mean my, my instinct is to say people that are that are bathing, but I don't think that's it.
0: It's close. It's a swimsuit.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was yeah, I was kind of close.
0: <laughs> um, what about bludger?
1: Bludger. Ooh, is that a baseball bat?
0: No, and, and I think Harry Potter is the reason that we're thinking sports. <laughs> Um it turns out someone who's lazy.
1: Oh. Well, I'm gonna use that.
0: <laughs> Get out of bed, you bludger. A bludger. Uh, <laughs> um what about Devo?
1: Devo. Um, you know, all that's coming up for me is Diva. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say someone who's who's very proud of themselves, very vain.
0: It means devastated
1: oh well that makes more sense
0: <laughs> yeah i find australian slang is they add o and e to a lot of things
1: okay well uh, i'm that going forward
0: uh ooh, this one okay what's a dunny a dunny um
1: oof, uh, I, I, all i can think of is the dundies from the office but
0: <laughs> ooh, i love the office <laughs> um no it's it's a toilet which i just i don't understand at all how that happened
1: Many. Okay, I'm gonna have to Google that after.
0: <laughs> um, piss up. Piss
1: up. Um. Mm, let's see. Is that to do something? Do something difficult?
0: Uh, no, it's it's a party, so we're gonna have a real piss up.
1: Oh God, it was a noun. <laughs> no <idea. laughs> yeah,
0: maybe I should. Maybe I should. But I've got to like figure it out. Um. <laughs> uh. Oh, true blue.
1: True blue, um, uh, a a police officer.
0: (laughs) It's a genuine Australian. So they're, they're true blue means they're genuinely Australian. So I guess it's an adjective.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: (laughs) And we'll do one more. It's whoop whoop. Oh oh,
1: gosh. (laughs) A whoop whoop. I have no idea.
0: Um, it's, uh, I don't even know what kind of word this is. (laughs) I'm not as good at like on the spot English linguistics. Um, <laughs> it means middle of nowhere, so he lives out whoop whoop.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But it's like out whoop whoop. Be like out, out there. So whatever kind of word there is, it's um, one of those.
1: An, an adjective, I guess.
0: I guess. He
1: lives. Uh, he lives whoop whoop. Oh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, kind of weird.
1: If diagramming I'll Ask my old English teacher.
0: Yeah, I've never. (laughs) I'm I'm very surprised that I can't think of what it is. But anyways, that doesn't matter. Um, All right. And probably the part I'm most excited for. So can you tell us a little bit about your books that you've released and the one that's coming out, how people can reach you? Just kind of a big old plug.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I have written several books that are all focused around positive psychology topics. Uh, so my first one was called My Pocket Positivity, and it's just full of exercises that you can do to inject a little bit more positivity into your day. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I really like it. It's a nice little travel size, uh, and there's a ton of stuff in there, and it's... Um, all kinds of different, uh, exercises, you know, there's meditations and then there's journaling and and there's, um, affirmations and whatever you can think of. Um, and then I have a couple others in that series, uh, my pocket gratitude and my pocket meditations for self-compassion Ooh. Um, in the similar vein. Um, very excited. <laughs> I have a five minute bliss, which is full of exercises to make your day a little bit more blissful in five minutes or less. Um, So those are all my books that are out right now. And then the one that's coming out December 29th is called The Illustrated Book of Mindful Meditations for Mindless Moments. And it's all about bringing more mindfulness uh, to your everyday life. Uh, It's about, you know, how you can be mindful while you're washing the dishes or while you're vacuuming or while you're stopped at a stoplight. Uh, Um, Just about, you know, how to be more mindful. You don't necessarily have to sit down and meditate for an hour every day, you know, to gain the benefits of being mindful. You can do it in the little moments.
0: That sounds incredibly useful.
1: Yeah, I love Um, it.
0: I'm, I'm really excited um, yeah, to right. add it to my Amazon Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Um, and it's, I think it's at like Target and, and Walmart. And, um, but yeah, you can, if you want to take a look, uh, you can go to my Simon and Schuster page, um, mm-hmm. or you can find it at like uh, Barnes and Noble's website. Um, and then of course, Amazon. Yeah.
0: Okay. And do you have like um, an Instagram or anything that people might want to follow or a website?
1: Um, I've just been using my LinkedIn so far. Uh, I actually have purchased, a, my, my domain name and I have done nothing with it yet. So
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I relate to that.
1: LinkedIn. You can find me by searching Courtney E. Ackerman.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Courtney, this has been an amazing conversation and I'm in such a good mood now.
1: No, uh, it's <laughs> been really fun.
0: I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited. Um, <laughs>
1: great well, yes we should keep in touch for sure
0: i i agree but uh for now i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go and uh let the listeners go so is there anything you want to say before we before we get off
1: No, nope, just stay kind everybody
0: oh i love it yes stay kind and to my listeners i love you bye